gold. This whole always believing you. Do you remember when they played the craze? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. That was a thing. Great game of football ended two one. They played. You said they played the craze. As yeah, if I'm, with, was, I'm with you. As if the craze yeah. were a football team rather than yes, gangsters. Rather than gangsters. Oh, god. Um, I when I was I don't know why, but was just like hitting things to try and get stuff to play on Spotify, and someone called Ice Spice started split playing. Ice Spice. Ice Spice. With, with my little eyes. I, with a song called Delhi, I can only assume she likes cured meats. Interesting. Jesus Christ. This is what makes me feel old. Go on. Because it's like, oh, that sounds like uh, interesting, I'm assuming, like indie artists, because I've never heard of them. Number one song, 764 million streams. Well, you are old, Ian. We all are. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. For this. So welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harries. And me, Graham Jones. And this is the podcast where we argue about our top three lists of a topic that nobody asked us to talk about. And this week we are figuring out our top three films and TV shows of 2023. Which, Graham, is the fifth time we have recorded <laughs> a wrap-up of the year episode. It is, you're right. But listeners, I hear you screaming into your headphones or car stereos or if we've given to this on vinyl, some kind of like weird rotoscopic vinyl machine. You've okay. only done four of these episodes. Fantastic use of rotoscopic, by the way. <laughs> Thank <play>. you. <laughs> I, I don't even know if that's a real word. I don't but. even. It felt like it was, and that's that's the important thing. Old school gramophone, uh, wax cylinders. That was a thing at one point, right? Rotoscoping is an animation technique, but who ah, needs to it. know that? It felt like it. Uh, it should have worked. I, you said it with enough confidence that I believed you. So you know. To be fair, again, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm hoping. Uh, employers or anything like this aren't listening to this if you google what i say most of the time it's bullshit said with confidence <laughs> that's why i play fantasy football that's all that is yeah fair. play fair. sometimes succeed but usually lose but yes listeners who are still i'm assuming screaming and shouting into their wax cylinders you've only released four of these episodes nice nice but <laughs> thanks and that would be correct Mm. This is the fourth wrap-up episode, but we recorded this episode already. And due to a series of technical f- fuckwittery? Yeah, let's go with that. Basically, the computer I used to record stuff from spontaneously broke. Still in the process of getting that fixed, which is great. And we just tried to... We've used this as a verb before, I believe. We tried to scrap heap challenge it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and bodged together a method for us to record. And it did not work. It didn't work. We were one of those, one of those like Hell's Angels looking fellas on, on Scrap Heap Challenge, floundering in the ponds where everyone else was speeding off in their speedboats made out of old bathtubs and fridges. And we were, we were in a wicker basket at the bottom of the pond. And that's where nobody wants to be. So... This is obviously a tough one because, you know, 
How do you recapture lightning in a bottle, Graham? Well, you know, this this isn't the 2023 wrap-up. This is just a tribute. I mean, you've ah. got to believe it. I wish you were there. <laughs> well, that's just a matter of opinion. It is a matter of opinion. Oh, God. Good God. <laughs> you got to love it. Ah, nice Tenacious D humour. I like it. Tenacious I like D. It. I it, I was toying between it was it was either Tenacious D or that was our like Morecambe and Wise episode because you know like famously there's like these Morecambe and Wise episodes that the BBC deleted oh yeah of, like before archiving and stuff that were kept in like a damp basement or something yeah yeah um or so one of attic. the one of the two so this is a tribute to the damp basement recording Tenacious that was... and Wise that doesn't work Mork Morecambe and D <laughs> Morecambe and D <laughs> but that just sounds like Morker MD, which yeah. sounds like a goblin doctor. I'd watch that. I would watch the shit out of Morker that MD. Would, that would be top of my list in 2023. I need to get Ice Spice off of my phone, which is a weird thing to say. I will, I will, I'll give you time. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you why it came up. I can't remember if this is... I mean, it'll have to be in the cold open now. Oh, yeah. Um, We've committed I asked, now. I, I was hitting a bunch of buttons and I apparently played the playlist TikTok Hits, which is ah, why. Oh, why it's got three quarters of a billion listens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the TikToks. Oh, we the have TikToks. a TikTok. Do we? We do. Yeah. Oh. I upload our uh, videos, obviously, because that's what TikTok does to it. Nice. And that's are we... it. What's... We, we are yet to go viral, which, oh. which is, a, honestly, I what well, like, I had a great idea for us to go viral, which now we can't fucking do. Go on. Uh, because we didn't... I'll talk you through the thought process here. Okay. And you should come to the same conclusion as me. We recorded an episode, and it was in person! First in-person recording in ages, which just turned into... Yeah. Basically, it was just a conversation between us. <laughs> which some would say all of these episodes should have been. It's true, yeah. With just a few people eavesdropping. Just a few people. So... Because we were in person, we didn't have webcams on. Correct. Which would make making a video to put out quite difficult. Yeah. Those videos, and again, peek, peek behind the curtain, which is a phrase we're going to be, I think, using a lot in this episode. Again, another, another, another peek, peek behind, behind the curtain. curtain. Peek behind the curtain, behind the curtain, again, what's there? We only do the actual videos because... Before that, we did like audiograms where it was the sound wave. Yes. Then there was an episode where the funniest part of the episode didn't involve you talking. It involved you completely pissing yourself talking about a dildo. And I was like, right, yeah. the video for that has to come out. And though I really liked that, it was like, right. So since then, because of the fist, I believe. The fist. The Toy Story now, fist. Yeah, we now put proper videos out. Mm. And we didn't have those videos because... We've recorded in person. On a tangent to this, or running parallel, I live in a house, or I a am very in big a big house in the country. In outside stains. <laughs> um, I live in a house, or let's rephrase that, shall we? My wife owns puppets. <clears throat> yes. 
Wait, I, I just have to point out, I live. my wife owns puppets is not rephrasing, I live in a house. I just... <laughs> oh, true. That was rephrasing, I live in a house that has puppets. Yes. Because that yeah, sounds yeah. like they came with the house. There was, a, there was a hell of a jump there. Yeah. Now, it's a two-bed terrace, but uh, we have knocked the price down because puppets do live there. Look, Rosie and Jim, they got off of the longboat. They don't want to leave the house. You're just going to have... You're basically tenants. Pretty much, yeah. It's um, well, I, I don't think they're David Tennant, but if the owners of the puppets that lived in the house would like to come here. Uh, but yeah, so we own puppets and we needed a video of us talking. Nice. So that that would have been the viral hit, but what could just have been? Just, just didn't happen. So you it's, guys will have, have to imagine us as puppets. <laughs> Morecambe and Wise all over again. Obviously, there's then the question of which puppet. There is an orange puppet, which I feel like probably... All right, mate. I mean, there's a purple <laughs> and an orange one. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. That, that wasted it. We also had uh, a running joke of, on this episode last year, we had uh, 56 top three lists that we ran through, which included a narwhal killing three sitting prime ministers, or three yeah. current... Uh, three prime ministers that sat during 2022 what's the idea because you could have the like kebab effect yes the the, the, the sheesh prime minister sheesh the sheesh novel yeah shishi rishi yeah (laughs) shishi sunak (laughs) (laughs) so we wrap with the plan was to try to do more top threes this year than last year and we did and we did we and they were great top threes but I propose for this introduction, we just do one. Okay. And that top three is the best things you can remember from the episode that didn't record properly that isn't going to go out. I could try to salvage the little bits we talk about, but being realistic, no. It would be a hell of a Patreon, wouldn't it? It would be a hell of a... exclusive. Like, if you could manage to... It would be like listening to fucking, like... World War Two wind talkers or something <laughs> like trying to crack like I, you'd have to put it through some kind of fucking enigma machine or imitation game it for for me there was there was one standout <laughs> the number one on the list of things we missed yeah or we talked about before is is clear for me the other two not so much okay what definitely makes my list is your top three eras of your child yes well your top three. You have a nine-year, a nine, a nine-month-old son. Uh, what? Yeah, a nine-month-old son. So now yeah. he's been, he has been out more than he's been in. Yes. And you had your top three three-month segments. Yes. Which I found very funny. Yeah, and they also correlated with the holidays that I'd. I, yes. Uh, you yeah. know what? Specifically, then the fact that those eras correlated with the holidays you took last time. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, that was that was a good part. I um, we we had a deep dive into why Schindler's List was always the go-to inappropriate oh, movie. When, when, yeah, which included the phrase, "Why is Schindler's List always funny?" It did, yeah, and also we posited on why that was more funny than like invoking the boy in the striped pajamas. Yeah, so the 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 idea being that. Whenever we throw out a a vaguely humorous top three list idea, for example, films that need robots or films we would have added wrestlers to or something like that, one of us will generally joke that they're going to pick Schindler's List. 
which is funny because it's a stupid and offensive choice. But I think the idea was it's so obviously it's so obviously the incorrect an, answer. It's okay joke, to joke about and it. an incorrect answer. Yeah, but the joke doesn't land with other inappropriate movies. There was a long riff on Liam Neeson as well. Yes, yeah. There was a long discussion on... For you, it seemed to be sporting achievements. For me, it was horrible, horrible things that have happened to everything I care about in sport. Yes, yeah, there was that. Which ranged from my knee to Wales. (laughs) (laughs) The country, not the... Sheesh. (laughs) Not the, the narwhal... Prime Minister. To be fair, Ian, if you started supporting Narwhals, I think you might be uh, have more uh, luck in the rugby. They couldn't lose more. They couldn't. Why is uh, sidebar? Why is the Six Nations so early this year? Is that because of the World Cup? Um, it generally always. Is it this early normally? February? I mean, it's not starting for a couple of weeks, but yeah, it's generally it's always beginning of Feb. I thought the, it was later than that. Uh, the documentary is coming out, I think, before the Six Nations starts. Yes, it is. Which again, now I get to relive us losing again. I've um I don't I haven't heard anything, but I've applied for tickets for us to go to the premiere of that. Oh, interesting. Not that I really give a shit, but I love you Ian, and I oh. it's the kind of thing that you'd like. No, it's just sitting there. How do you premiere a documentary? I think you show the first episode. It's a series, right? I I mean I've I've worked off the assumption it is, but the problem I have with a lot of things now is I don't know if they're a series or a film. This is true. Well, that's going to make uh, this wrap up a bit confusing for you. Well, that's why we had to practice. <laughs> this is true. Maybe Wales should do that. Uh, oh! So yeah, I think I, I the only reason I remember is I think there was a thing when the new see like the most recent uh, Stranger Things premiered in london and i'm fairly sure they did like the first two episodes it was like a two two hours kind of worth yeah. of, of uh of screenings i've been to a tv it wasn't really a premiere because it was explicitly showing the first episode yeah so it was peter capaldi's first episode as doctor who uh-huh. and it was a q a with him uh jenna coleman and i think stephen moffat but one of the first times i bumped into peter capaldi which is nice almost literally because we rounded a corner at the same time from different directions nice and then we talked i think i talk- talked about that very anecdote on the podcast and then the week afterwards me and you bumped into peter capaldi in london oh yeah we did during covid but you could tell it's him from the eyebrows and eyes yeah it's clear Where were we? um i don't know why i fucking remember this uh we were walking down towards the maple leaf ah uh, yes we were i yeah, don't yeah. remember i don't remember if that was where we were going but it was down that little stretch was it when we went to watch the like the nfl afternoon no because i met you there because you nearly beat that guy up well you didn't beat him up but you nearly oh, squared, yeah. up, squared Def- up that guy def- defending, defending my honor. honor but i was a little bit later than people because that's why i went and yes yeah, so it wasn't then it was it was a different no. time um who knows yeah. yeah, good old, good old Pete. Hope he's doing well. Fun times. Any other picks for the favourite parts of the episode I was going to hear about? I'm trying to think. Well, there must have been some more tangents. My memory is terrible. So I could, I could tell you my number one because I'm still thinking about it. Go on. So I, I'm not going to say what the episode title is going to be. Yes. Because off the back, oh, off is the it back, the end. Of, yeah, so off the back of <laughs> one of my choices, 
I mentioned that one of our favorite podcasters, Harley from the Fundamentals, is going to, we're trying to figure out when he can come on and do an episode and that he had a great episode idea. And then for absolutely, given that this is not a phrase I use, and I don't know why, for some reason, I use the phrase, Harley's my boy. Yeah. Or Harley's our boy. Harley's and then boy. there was an awkward pause of, why have we said that? <laughs> why is this a phrase? And to be fair... But then we, we doubled down. We doubled down. We did double down. We doubled down on the double down. And now we're... Reminis- this is like in Rocky Four where they remember the montage from Rocky Three. <laughs> so this is like... This is a quadruple down on a double down. Yeah. I wonder if if that's if that is um, salvageable. Just, I mean, it was only thirty seconds. Maybe drop it in here. If if it's salvageable. Fundamentals. Our boy Harley, who I know listens to this, and we are figuring out when we can find time to record with you. Because you are our boy, as you Ian mentioned. Just just picking up on you saying doubling down, or actually, I think I say doubling down. Do you remember the double down burger? At- KFC. Which... I was I was literally just about to say a quadruple down on a double down sounds like a secret order at KFC. God, I love that. It was great, but it is pointless. Well, like, it's it's good if you're on like a if you're Atkins in it. Oh fucking keto. Keto. I'm not sure keto includes battered food though. Uh possibly not. And maybe maybe paleo. Who knows? They might have deep fried dinosaurs. Because <laughs> paleo. Nice. I like I like that. I like that a lot. Do you know who else would like that? Our boy Harley. Who's <laughs> my boy? Uh, but yeah, because... I'm so sorry. We're not taking the piss, Harley. We really are looking forward oh, yeah. to having you on. No, I can't wait to the point we dropped it on the episode and then I was so happy I referred to you as my boy. But not just that. It was such a weird thing that... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use certain statements here that for comic effect... I need you to know are 100% true, but I will not be explaining them because I find that funny. And deep down, this podcast is just for us. (laughs) So because I had to take an altar home, you gave me a lift back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is... But the best part about this is absolutely true. 100% true. Not even... Wait, wait. An altar and a toilet seat. (laughs) An altar and a toilet seat. None of that (laughs) is embellished in any way. So needed to take an altar... One further, my altar, your altar, <laughs> and a toilet seat bag. Then the French bulldog came for a ride as well. My altar, your dog, and a toilet seat. I'm hopefully looking after for a year. It's a communal toilet seat. A communal toilet seat that I am the custodian of. You are the custodian for of, a yeah. year. And we got in the car. We started driving. It was awkward silence, and then I just said, "Why did I call him my boy? <laughs> That's not a phrase I use." Oh. Uh, and then we did times. that oh, good t- good times all round so I think that's a good summary yeah I mean you guys, missed. you guys have basically listened to the Morecambe and Wise tapes pretty now. much as with last year mm. and as with the episode we recorded that nobody knows and the other years we're going to go through our top three movies of the year our top three TV shows of the year as well as all of the top three lists that our listeners and our podcast friends have sent to us so before we dive in mm. to our top three movies I believe we started with we did do you have a movie recommendation nobody asked for I uh I assume you guys are here 
for a movie recommendation. No, thank you. Nah. I'm fine. Nah, I'm fine. Uh, I'm alright actually, thanks. Nah, no, it's alright. No, it's alright. No, I'm fine. Yeah, that's alright. Fuck off. Now I'm very interested to see what happens here. Because you could go for the same one. That's that's fine. Completely fine. Or there is a joke choice you could do, and I want to know what happens here. Multiple joke choices. Yeah, I suppose so. I was gonna go for the same one, just because. Also, I was just thinking that last episode is maybe the only podcast nobody asked for that people will actually ask for. Yes. Maybe it's, maybe... it's the paradox pod. Oh, we spoke about the Rick Astley paradox in our last episode as well that we that didn't get recorded. Yeah, well... we did. We did. And also that's that 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 is also a joke choice that happens that I'm not particularly sure will have the same impact pretending you don't know what's happening there. <laughs> ah, good times. But it's yeah. up to you, it's up to you, Graham. What 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 you do here? I'll be honest. I've not given enough thought to think of a funny. I mean, there's Groundhog Day is the obvious one, right? That that was what I was thinking. That and then I realised there are other films that are Groundhog Day esque, but I think we have already picked Palm Springs. I'm pretty sure we have. Great film. I'm going to stick with the original. So we're talking about films that came out in 2023. I decided to pick a film that was set in 2023, and I had a Google. And I gave you a list of uh, films that were set in 2023 because some of them were hilarious. Like there's a Bring It On slasher movie, I think. Yes. Then there was also what else? I gave you a bit of a random. Oh yeah, Click. Click came out in 20. Is sorry, Click came out in 2006, but was set in 2023 because they thought that within 17 years, Christopher Walken would have become the Angel of Death. Yeah, and we'd all have remote controls. There was, uh, what was the other one? The Mike Moore Power Rangers, Purge, Anarchy, also set in 2023. X-Men Days of Future Past, set in 2023. Which is interesting because of the choice I went for was Avengers Endgame, another Marvel film set in 2023 because you obviously have the gap with the blip and everything. But yeah, I'm going to keep saying, and you know, that's what I chose, but it, it kind of... As if everyone's already listened to it, but they haven't. So yeah, let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Great movie. We spoke about this. We spoke about it at length on the the Las Vegas Sphere episode mm-hmm. because uh... so, I thought you might say we talked about it at length <laughs> on the podcast. No one will listen to, and it's like, mate, yeah. we can't do a whole episode like this. <laughs> Remember when well, it's just us we spoke reminiscing? About that oh, and then um, yeah, then there was that. No, so we um. Yeah, so we spoke about it on the Las Vegas Sphere episode because of the the big portals thing, and um, yeah, it's a great film, and it marks the end of me, the end of me. It hopefully not, well, it wouldn't because it came out ages ago. It marks the end for me of like the golden era of the the Marvel cinematic universe. The those four four phases of pretty much. I'd say perfection, because if you stretch it out across that many movies and have that many hits, I think it's as close to perfection as you're going to get. But it's, you know, in my opinion, has tailed off. There's the whole quantity of a quality thing. There are some things out there that are good. I think you've said about Loki season two being a particular highlight of late. Guardians three, which I think will come up a lot with some of our listener recommendations uh, or yeah. for, for the past year. But yeah, I think um, it's a very, very good film. And it it was the last time as well for me that I've 
outside of like when we've gone to see like the room at the Prince Charles and things like that, it's the last kind of bit of event cinema that has has been on that I've gone to like a midnight screening and stuff. Yeah, truly, truly good movie. If you'd have said back before the like before Iron Man came out that you know what in like what was it 10 years time or whatever you're going to be watching the culmination of 34 superhero movies that were oh, yeah. really fucking good you'd have been like no we're not well, but even even before iron man saying marvel are going to release a two billion dollar movie well yeah that's it it would have been they're not though are they they don't even have the rights to their fucking characters right now <laughs> yeah crazy so, crazy crazy but yeah, very good, very good, very good film. So, I'm trying to think of the same, I'm just going to retell the same joke. You ready for this? Go on. So, it doesn't quite work this way, but I'm going to say it anyway. So, it's never stopped. Before. Yeah, ob- obviously, we're trying to fit as many top threes into this episode as we can. Uh, but I don't think we've got time for another. So, how about one extra film you think people should watch? Mm. Which worked when we'd done... About 30 top three lists in the intro. Not so it much did. now. No, but you know, I'm here for it. Um, I would go for a film that um, we... Actually, we don't normally do this because we normally say our film recommendation is like we, we don't double up on film. Like we've not done Endgame before, right? So I was able to recommend Endgame today. Um but I'm going to go for our most recommended film in 2023. And I believe if I was to check my notes, that that would be Ari Aster's Midsummer. You would be correct. I I, I could badly edit in the actual number if we feel like that was funny <laughs> enough or not. But yes, no, co- correct, correct. That is the most, the most picked film of 2023. Yeah, great movie. Set in, I'm assuming, 2019 when it came out. Coming up to its near nearing its five year anniversary this year. Yes, it would be. Which is exciting. We should do something special. Dance we around should, a maypole. I'm yet Kill to a bear. I'm yet to start frantically emailing and messaging people to be on our uh which is hundred percent gonna be called Midsummer Goes Forth. Nice, I like it. Um and then we run out of Black Adder references because they never did a fifth series. They did that one in the Millennium Dome. What was that called? Yeah, that's back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. Midsummer back and forth. Like I don't know how that works. Midsummer the Cavalier Years also doesn't work. It, well A Midsummer no. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah, not quite. We're, we're re- putting I mean five years, I think. If we set our sights on Ariasta and maybe we only hit Florence Pugh or Chili from the Good Place, you know. Jobs are good. Ah, uh, Chili from the Good Place would be good. Would you? Here's a question for you. Would you have the balls to just refer to him as Chili from the Good Place? I, my legitimate concern. Yeah, is that is you accidentally would doing it? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, so I weirdly enough, um, I watched the new Ant Man film today. Quantum Mania. Um, Quantum Mania, which is, I don't think it's bad. It is just like distinctly average and is also everything people complain about superhero movies is in that film Uh, and then you have the added issue of the uh yeah then the added issue of him but yeah chili from the good place rocks up Ah. and as soon as he appears my brain just went oh that's chili from the good place 
<laughs> Which and like I realize it is pro- it's it's probably quite offensive. I really like him as an actor, but my brain just does not retain the name anymore. It is just Chitty from the Good Place. Yeah, it's William something something. I know it's he's well, done barrels. I think it's William Jackson Harper. It is William Jackson Harper. Fuck yes. Which makes then the fact that I call him Chitty from the Good Place fine, I think. But yeah, I would love Chitty on. My my dream guest, or one of my dream guests, and then we will get onto our top three lists. Is it your boy? Uh my boy, uh James Acaster. Oh. James Acaster loves Midsummer. This is very true. We have a we have a a connection to Acaster. Th- we are is... we are we are one degree away from Acaster. We are an Acaster degree away, correct. Could it Interesting. Ha- I I mean look. There is nothing to lose. There is nothing to lose. And also, if you are listening to this uh, and you did like our Midsummer episodes, uh, feel free to tweet or Instagram us who you would like to appear in the Midsummer episode this year, remembering to also at them. Yes. It is a Which will be very... hard with James A. Custer because he famously has no social media. Yes. At Ed Gamble. Yes, at <laughs> and Ed Gamble. And get him to ask. <laughs> and on that note. On that note. It's time to run through first our top three movies of the year. I have a feeling I know what yours were. We oh, we didn't actually cover this in the intro. I think we covered it. Oh, we did int- Genuinely, the intro last time was over an hour as well. Oh, it was a long old fucking episode. <laughs> we recorded for three hours. Yeah, it was a it was a big one. Uh not bitter. Uh, have you ever been this paranoid about recording an episode before? No, I've, the amount I've of, checked. I keep checking, keep, like, like record, auditions working. Um, we could talk about this, as has been referenced both on this podcast and on the Church of Tarantino Christmas special. I obsessively use Letterboxd. Yes. So I have access to far too many stats about my viewing habits, including, and I haven't told you this, nano genres which break down the types of film you watch. So my most watched film genre is something like Creepy Brutal Death. (laughs) So I watched 57 2023 releases. Graham, Mm. how many did you watch? Not enough to fill a top three. I I remembered that there was another one I'd seen. I thought it was only one 2023 release, but I've seen, I saw two. And I saw them both at the cinema, one with you, one with my fiance, which is very on brand. Yep. Um, and the first one that I'll that I'll talk about today, which takes number three spot, is a film that I wanted to see and I wanted to see at the cinema. But the main reason I ended up seeing it at the cinema is because prior to this, whilst my my partner was heavily pregnant, we went to the cinema and we watched The Whale, and. After watching The Whale at the cinema, she told was, me... Sorry, I, I never asked this. We need to stop referring to the previous episode. Yeah. Was that her choice? Or did you take your heavily pregnant fiancé to watch The Whale? The latter. Okay. Uh, I'd kind of explained the general... Just I didn't realise how depressing it was going to be, to be fair. Because as you're aware, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm, a non, I'm a no-trailer guy. Yes, you live in a house. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so we went to went to watch the whale, and after watching the whale, she said that if we go see any more films while she's still pregnant, they cannot be that upsetting because she was broken, um, and fair. I was broken, and I didn't have all the hormones. So 
as a result, we watched one more film before my son was born. And that film was the very unemotional Cocaine Bear. <laughs> still funny. <laughs> yeah. Still still, still funny. <laughs> so by virtue of kind of default, because I did only see two releases last year, Cocaine Bear takes a third spot. I did really enjoy it. Like, I'm not going to shit on Cocaine Bear. Um, it'd be hard to. It's really wired. He'd probably catch me. I think it also makes you constipated. Shitting on a Cocaine Bear or Cocaine? Cocaine. Yeah, or Bear. Uh, I assume bear's not great for you. Um, It feels like something you'd have to slow cook. I feel like it's hairs on your chest. Yeah. Um, Ironically, it wouldn't be bear anymore. No. Yeah, I've never had. I I think my cousin was talking about because he lives in Canada, um, and he was saying that he either him or his wife had had it. Yeah. No. I think there's there's a few animals out there where. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there are. Where I, I would, like David Attenborough, I would struggle. I think I would struggle to to eat them, like not from a like just a process kind of perspective. Just like I, I feel a bit bad, and I think bears are up there. I would, I would as as long as it's not endangered, and the method of cooking isn't cruel. I think I would give anything a go. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've I've. Never been able to bring myself to try alligator because I really like alligators. Oh, alligator's great. I had it on a pizza. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but I just, it's, yeah, fish and chicken, right? Without the food poisoning. So I don't know. Maybe I would. Who knows? But yeah, I, as I say, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to shit on it because I think it's a very good film. It, it's, like I said, it's a very good film. It's exactly what it was meant to be. And yes. It was, it was just good, good, clean fun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it does exactly what it says on the tin. It's about a bear that does a load of cocaine, and yeah. in the in the the tradition of based on a true story, true stories that are bullshit. This is up there with the best of them. It ate a load of cocaine and died. Yeah, they found the body of a dead bear full of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, but not like a drug mule thing, which I'm fairly sure is now stuffed in like a hotel or something somewhere, and it is called Pablo Escobar. Nice. And if it isn't, it should be. It needs to be. You know, Pablo Escobar introduced hippos to Colombia. Mm. Kind of did. He bought them in, and then because they just let his kind of private zoo go wild, now there's loads of hippos in Colombia. Yeah. The more you read about Pablo Escobar, the crazier it is. Because like he would have to, he lost like five like a percentage of his money every year to rats. Yeah, because they just kind of because he had so much down. money, he had just have it around or would lose some money because they'd bury it and then lose it just forget where it is so there is still probably a load of pablo escobar's money buried in a fucking jungle somewhere. there needs to be some kind of like goonies-esque pablo escobar search party film i don't know that was a bad way of phrasing it but you know what i like it i like it a kid's movie about the search for a cocaine drug lord's uh lost millions yeah, absolutely. I'd watch it. Good. Yeah, fine. But I, 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 yeah, a lot of time for Cocaine Bear. Spoilers for someone else's top three list. Uh, it does feature on another person's top three. Somebody with two young children who had only watched three films that year. <laughs> hey, that, that That is quite heartening to me. I, it does make me feel yeah. less, less alone, less of a failure. Good old Cocaine Bear. But yeah, so, you know, by virtue of, of the wonderful default it, it, it sits at number three 
My third choice mm. neither features bears or cocaine. So this is uh, well. I was about to say, I went into full podcast mode then, okay? This is 2023's... It's like, of course it's fucking 2023. That's the whole <laughs> point of this episode. So this was... I found out about this film because it is what it was one of Empire Magazine's top films of the year, and I hadn't even heard of it. So I thought, you know what? Let's give it a go. So that is Past Lives. Uh, past Lives is fucking incredible so it is written and directed by uh celine song and it's her first uh film as well which is fucking insane um and stars i mean it stars a lot of people but the one that really matters is greta lee who is the main character and gives one of the performances of the year but did not win the golden globe which doesn't set it up for uh the Oscar glorying I was hoping she would get. But all I can say is Greta Lee gives one of the best leading performances I have seen in a very, very long time. The only thing I've seen of the Golden Globes, but this is new content because the Golden Globes haven't yes. happened uh, when we did this before, was have you, have you seen Selena Gomez talking to Taylor Swift saying that someone, whoever Timothy Chalamet's boyfriend is, wouldn't let them take a picture of Timothy, with Timothy Chalamet? Uh no, I didn't. I did see uh, Selena Gomez holding her head in her hands at the awful opening monologue. Oh, I didn't see that. It's like like offensively bad. Like it is just like I, I don't know the kind of stuff that would fly in the eighties, but we're better than that now. Fair. But yeah, no, I hadn't seen that. I I st- stayed away from a lot of it because it was a fucking mess. I read I read who won, and really. That's all I care about. I don't even know how much I care about that either, to be fair. No, I mean, I only care if one is really, really wrong so I can complain about it, because that's the kind of miserable bastard I am. Yeah. But Greta Lee did not win, which is a shame, but she was nominated. I'm assuming she's going to be nominated for an Oscar, as she should, and I think she should win, because this film is, like, it kind of grabs you emotionally in areas you didn't know you had and doesn't let go it's one of one of those that's a really like i don't know you managed to make something that was quite kind of heartfelt and poignant sound really pervy yeah it uh i think in my i wrote on letterbox it it grabs you by the soul and doesn't let go <laughs> which is also quite a good korean joke because it is predominantly set in korea nice. and a lot of it's of the korean language did you but did you write it as such i i i did not but i might change it gonna go back and edit it a hundred percent a hundred percent changing it <laughs> during your next part so if it looks like i'm not paying attention it's because one we've already recorded that and two i'm editing a uh, letterboxd review but it follows uh two school friends nora moves to canada and then america when she's 12 and they lose contact, they reconnect briefly over university, and then later in life, he comes to visit her in New York and meets her husband, and it is all about life and lost opportunity and what things mean and fate and destiny, and there is a Korean word they use, which is really, really interesting, but I can't remember it, so there's no point talking about that now anyway, and I would just strongly recommend watching this, and it is... Just like we've talked about it before, of there are films that are so bad, you finish watching them and you think, you know what, I could make films. Yeah, this is one 
which clearly has so much to say, you finish watching it going, I also have things to say. I could make films. <laughs> but uh, I don't. So, yeah, Past Lives. Strongly recommend. It's fucking insane. Nice. It's also a very tender romantic story. And my sub up of it was, it's fucking insane. Said very aggressively. My next one, again, by virtue of the default, it is the other film that I saw this year, which I guess most or saw last year, which I assume most people are thinking, well, if you only saw two films, how are they your third and second? We'll get on to that. Again. But again. Yeah, so this one is uh, a film that I saw with you at a, not only at the cinema, but at a director Q&A screening. And it was the, quite frankly, very, very good and could have, I, I, I think potentially would be kind of knocking on the door of my top three if I had seen a, a, a bulk of uh, releases last year. Um, and that is Evil Dead Rise. It it was just... Fucked. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. It was absolutely fucked. And there was it was really heavy on the kind of the, the gore and everything that, that kind of comes with a film like that. But also it just did stuff. So uh, for, for such a beloved franchise... The originals are kind of like super campy B-movies, Bruce Campbell to the max, like over the top, so much fun. And then they did the whole reboot, remake thing with Evil Dead, which was I was really pleasantly surprised with. I kind of went into that with quite low expectations and came out thinking, actually, that was a really good take on all of this. Evil, Evil Dead 2013 was our, well, technically third but our second non-Midsummer movie recommendation of the uh, episode. Nice. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise. Also, fucking hell, that was 10 years ago. Evil Dead Rise um, picks that up and runs with it. I thought it was so, so good in terms of like, you know, it took the story elsewhere. It's the apartment block thing and everything and kind of, but still had the, homages back to kind of everything that we know and love about a evil dead cabin in the woods kind of movie and yeah the acting was great the is it lily sullivan i think we spoke about she's yeah. very good in it and yeah it would have been even better if i'd seen the whole thing if the elizabeth flight <laughs> on time missed the first five minutes yeah, like I was, I was slightly worried uh, you weren't going to be able to make it in. And then during the last five minutes, that cycled back to the first five minutes. I had to lean in and just kind of go, oh, "That's uh, that was at the beginning of the film." <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it didn't it didn't detract too much from from my enjoyment. It, and I say this, intending it to be a compliment. It made me feel deeply uncomfortable the whole way through. Yeah, like. It is, yeah. the The director, um, fuck, I can't remember his name, but he. I watched a couple of his other films off the back of it, and they're all very, very good. He was very, a, very good. Very interesting to listen to as well. He was. It was a really good. He's Irish, if I remember correctly. Yes, 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 yes. Because I think he did a film based off of Irish mythology i'm just googling it cute jingle time 
to Google. We are Googling. Just searching for stuff online. Uh, Lee Cronin. Yes. Irish filmmaker. So he did a film. His other film was The Hole in the Ground. Yes, they spoke about this during the... Because it was... um, What's his chops from Empire that was interviewing him, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Uh, Chris Hewitt. Chris Hewitt. But yes, they talked about the hole in the ground and it is so fucking good. And similar to what I said before of it's... Not because it's bad, but it's the kind of film that is clearly... It's done cheap and it's done by a debut filmmaker. It's like, I could... I think I could do this. But I won't. You never know. We're both we're both due a midlife crisis. Oh, oh, it is going to be at some point. I'm going to make a film, and it is going to be because I had a complete mental collapse. Like it's either that or we buy Harley's. One of the two. Not not our not our boy Harley. um, Davidson's. (laughs) But it's you know if if nothing less, it is the uh, best use of the cheese grater in 2023. Oh, for sure. Yeah, just a really really good horror movie and. you know, if I only got to see two films, I'm glad it was one of them. That's very romantic. <laughs> More romantic than your ending to the... Uh, the very romantic the film. Very yeah. romantic film, yeah. Okay, my second choice. And again, this joke won't land a second time, so I'll just explain to you the joke. I did a whole song and dance setting up as if this was going to be uh, referencing... Uh, Barbie Heimer and all of those fucking good things and hinting that it was going to be Oppenheimer. But in actual fact, my second film is Godzilla Minus One, which I watched the morning of the recording that didn't work. And I would like to apologise to Barbie. Uh, Barbie was third on my list and unfortunately was thrown down the pecking order a little bit by Godzilla which is a strange phrase. Uh, Barbie, I do sincerely think, is a really, really important movie, and I think everybody should watch it. I think it has a very important message and morals aimed at an age group where it often isn't, but it should. And it's also very funny, and everybody in it is great. Godzilla, though, is one... It has so, and you can, yeah, fucking hell. Godzilla minus words. Godzilla minus one has a lot of heart. It is a very big uh, kaiju. Yeah. I think is the word. Yes, it has yeah. a big heart. Yeah, he would. It was it was fucking massive. It feels like we've rehearsed this. doesn't It, it? does, <laughs> but <laughs> passive aggressively rehearsed it. Yeah. Like, could you imagine like giving Shakespeare like this, as if you know exactly what the other guy's going to say? <laughs> yeah, that is the question. Oh, whether the slings and fucking, you know, fuck me, you know what? Fuck your arrows. Yeah. Fuck your outrageous fortune. Remember Denmark? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, are you just frantically, I don't know, no, that's 10 things I hate about you. It's not actual <laughs> Shakespeare. That one's the Lion King. Um, so Godzilla Minus One is set in, starts in 1945 and it covers a couple of years in end of war and then post-war Japan. And Godzilla as a character was originally created as a comment on post-war Japan. So it's bringing it right back to um, kind of its 
origins. It's, I'm also finding myself answering questions you asked last time. <laughs> so it sits outside of all of the other kind of Godzilla uh, films as its own individual entity. And it follows this disgraced kamikaze pilot and his friend slash partner. It's a very strange living situation, to say the least. And then Godzilla surfaces. And it is a proper look at what Japan after the war and all of the issues they had there. And it's insanely good. Just as both the actual kind of character study bits of it and the drama of someone feeling like they've let themselves and their family and their country down. Like, a proper look into that. But then also the action stuff involving the giant 100-foot-tall lizard monster is also really good. And kaiju. Kaiju, sorry. The 100-foot-tall kaiju is also very good. What it isn't, as a man in the cinema discovered, is a film for children. <laughs> so a man, I messaged Graham and I posted on our Instagram and Twitter that a man was sitting in the front row with his clearly very young child. How long do you think he's going to last during this film? And the answer was between 10 and 15 minutes. Red flag one, the film. <laughs> you know, discussing what a kamikaze is to a child is not a conversation for the age that child was. Two, there was a trailer for an anime about jazz and the dad was pointing out the subtitles and it was like yeah if you're having this discussion now don't think this is for you and they stayed through the first scene or section of the film which was about 10 minutes and then as soon as that ended and i think the thought process was ah it's not just the first scene that's in japanese they left very very quickly well tell a lie they left and then came back and then left again with their stuff so i think they left trying to get a, to see if they could get a refund <laughs> when that was approved it came back got their stuff and left nice but incredible film i i watched it mainly it popped up on a lot of people's top three lists um of people whose uh choice uh, opinions on films i begrudgingly respect so i thought fuck it let's give this one a go um, I didn't ask this new question. What's the minus one about? Is that something that's pertinent in the story, or is it just the name of the film? Um, so the actual answer, because the director had obviously been asked it before. Yeah. Post-war Japan was at zero. It had been broken down, and it had been, you know, it was in ruins both politically and economically, and quite literally. So Godzilla appearing took it into minus numbers. Okay. So that's where the minus yeah. one comes from. Which is a fairly decent answer. <laughs> yeah. And then Shin Godzilla, was we just saw him from the knees down? or uh, Yeah, it was like the mum in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I personally prefer uh, Achilles Godzilla, uh, where you just see the back of his ankle. But yeah. Yeah. I'm halfway through my screenplay for Cock Godzilla. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to star as well. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> First choice, Graham. And this, this is a joint one. This is a joint one. So um, I'll introduce it. You can do the spiel. As um, we did last time. As we did last time. 
because we're a well-oiled machine. <laughs> so well-oiled. You I couldn't tell if that was a joke or not. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. Just really, really tired here. Um, we got, we got this, mate. We got this. Just TV next. It. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I've seen two films in twenty twenty-three. I've already picked them. You're thinking, why is picking a number one film that he has not seen? The reason I'm picking a number one film that I haven't seen is because I have seen the previous in the series, and it is the film that probably one of my favorite films. And also the only film I've seen in the cinema multiple times. I actually saw it four times on release at the cinema because it was that good. And therefore, I have every faith that this would have been my favourite movie in 2023. I still haven't had the chance to watch it. I'm hoping um, I have a I have a business um, trip coming up, which means flying without a nine-month-old child, which we may be able to bring back the films I watched in a plane jingle um, because I'm going to try and get through as many as possible. Um, and then actually when I get back, um, I'm taking a train up to the uh, north of England, which is about three and a half hours as well. So I can get another one in that and maybe even two films. So by the time, probably two episodes time, my I reckon my film count for this year will be, you know, I'll be I'll be well ahead of last year. Anyway, all that aside, it's Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse because yeah, it's it looks fantastic. I love the first one. My only Spider-Man intake of 2023 was uh, Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 5. 100% of it the other day. Great great game. Congra- um, congratulations to you and your you. Spider-Man. There's also, that was another running joke we did. That was another running joke, yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Co. Um, sounding like a group of lawyers. There's a cool thing. I don't know if you've played the... Did you play the second Spider-Man game, Miles Morales? I, uh, yes. So I played Spider-Man. I played Spider-Man, Miles Morales. I haven't played Spider-Man 2. Okay. So in Miles Morales, and it's also in the Spider-Man 2, one of you can get Spider-Verse suits in them and it changes the animation. Yes, yes. So good. That's another thing. I love the animation in the original there's more of it um but so, yeah ian you take it away because you've actually seen this film yeah it was all right <laughs> no so spider-man across the spider-verse is my number one film of the year it is like what i didn't realize as well is it's from relatively inexperienced film directors okay so it's written by uh lord and miller again who did the the Lego movie and a load of stuff, which just kind of sits with me properly. Um, but this is directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, who previously has predominantly done DC animated movies. Okay. Um, and a number of comic book TV series. Um, did you do that? No. What the fuck happened there? I don't know. I said, okay. 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 That... What? That was really weird. I turned into a proper granddad there as well. It's like, what the fuck is... Sorry, I don't know if I'll even keep this bit in, but while talking, a random thumbs up emoji appeared on my face. That was weird. So Um, strange. But yeah. So, Joaquin DeSantos. Okay. I'm just trying to make it happen again. A number of other animated movies? No, it wasn't that. Um, So, uh, he's done, uh, yeah, predominantly animated uh, 
superhero films. And then Kemp Powers, who co-directed the Pixar film Soul. Yeah. Are you just doing thumbs up emojis in the chat to see if that works? Yeah, but that's different to what happened. Yeah. I'm very confused. Same. If that's on the video, that that sums up which video we're going to do. Yeah, okay. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, uh, and Kemp Powers, who uh, co-directed Soul. And if anything, and Into the Spider-Verse is a film we've talked about regularly. It is literally one of my favourite films. Uh, Graham saw it in the cinema too many times. And this is better. It grows the world out. It grows the Spider-Man out. Because I'm going to continue saying the joke, which we haven't actually said on the episode that's going to record properly. And where they... Where they take the story feels both inevitable that that's where it's going to go, but also you couldn't have guessed it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And then you've got Oscar Isaac is uh, Spider-Man 2099, um, and Daniel Kluya is Spider-Punk, and he is fucking incredible in it. Uh, I've also just realised Greta Lee, who is in Past Lives, is in it as well. Nice. Um, So she is... I think she voices like an AI assistant, kind of. So, like, Spider-Man's Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... and It it takes the animation style that you talked about of everyone being in... So, in Into the Spider-Verse, it was in one world with multiple Spider-Men. And in this one, they go to multiple worlds, and there are also multiple Spider-People. And the other worlds are also in different animated styles. And it just completely blew me away. It is... It's one of the best animated... It's easily one of the best superhero movies ever made, if not the best superhero movie ever made. And it is one of the best animated films as well. It completely refreshes, again, what is possible with the genre. And Daniel Kluge is in it, as mentioned before. And I fucking love Daniel Kluge. I'm very much looking forward to watching it. It will, if it's if it's on the flight, it will be the first thing I watch. Better be. Better it be. And, and if not, I will just send you my fucking SkyGo access. That was an uh, offer to Graham and Graham alone. <laughs> Unless you're the Sky people listening to this. In which case, I didn't do that. I don't the know. Sky people sound sky- like a really shit sci-fi attack from the 1950s. Nah, it would Who be... Are the sky people? No, it would be a bad 70s post-apocalyptic film. And that is what, like, the... You know the people who've become, like, savages too quickly? Right, yeah. Like, you guys wouldn't forget words 20 years after a disaster. Um, and they would refer to astronauts as, but then the scare people came. Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> so they're deep south. <laughs> deep south, apparently. <laughs> yes, but the, but the people of the grasslands, they flew in their big sky planes. That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm still imagining, envisioning the, uh, like, you know, the 1940s radio announcers. Oh, yeah. That's the only voice I could do. Talking about, yeah. The sky people. Sky people in the world of tomorrow. Make it the world of today. <laughs> nice. God, Sky Captain in the world of tomorrow is a weird fucking film. Never saw it. Yeah. It looks terrible. They CGI'd somebody very famous in as the villain at the end, but who's been dead for ages. Oh, really? 
yeah, I want to say like Orson Welles or someone like like offensively like, oh, if people actually watched this film, they would be offended. Um, I mean, he'd be all, all, also not very Welles if he was dead. Oy! Uh, Laurence Olivier Laurence Olivier had been deceased for nearly 13 years at the time of filming and was depicted depicted in the film for the role of Dr. Tottenkopf the <laughs> mysterious mad scientist and supervillain yeah that does feel a bit of a bit of a stretch yeah I mean it was bad enough when they did it in Star Wars and... yeah but like at, le- like at least they were related to the film right they were related to the film like, as an element of fan service and you'd imagine that they probably would have liked they yeah. would probably wanted it but it would be they, like it wasn't like a lot Lawrence Olivier was snook snook or whatever his name was yeah it's not it's not like there was a romantic comedy and they cgi'd carrie fisher into it yeah like it's That's yeah it was just spoiler alert fuck up oh, sorry for those who haven't seen notting hill <laughs> and those were our movie choices but obviously mm. we were sent a load of people's top three lists. Tons of them. Have you Tons people not got better things to do? No, and I am now going to run through all of the top three lists. And if Graham is quiet while I'm doing this, it's definitely not because I recorded this part later. So to continue at definitely the same time as I recorded the previous sentence, Two Cents Critic had three Guardians of the Galaxy 3 to Joyland, which I'll be honest, I haven't actually heard of, and one Oppenheimer. Bitches with beards, which one of my favouritely named... Favouritely? That's not how you fucking phrase that. Bitches with beards, which is one of my favourite names for a podcast. Daniel had Oppenheimer, the colour purple, and the number one, which my wife will be very happy about, the Eras Tour. Max from Bitches with Beards had Across the Spider-Verse, The Holdovers, and Bottoms. Our good friend at the Church of Tarantino, Q Jingle. Fucking, 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 and The Killer, and off the back of this top three list, I watched When Evil Lurks and Godzilla Minus One. They're very, very good films. Uh, my dad, Hugh Jingle. Introducing Ian Stan. Did Extraction 2, The Killer, and John Wick 4. Uh, Daryl Edge from Cage Rage and Getting Defoe You had Godzilla Minus One, Poor Things, and then number one, dream scenario doom generation podcast had love has won the cult of mother god which is a documentary talk to me and number one no one will save you elwood jones of the asian cinema film club had bottoms evil dead rise and godzilla minus one uh the fundamentals uh hosted by harley who uh our aforementioned boy had the creator guardians of the galaxy 3 and barbie Ian Schultz from Psychotronic Cinema had Killers of the Flower Moon, The Zone of Interest, and the number one, Poor Things. Uh, Matthew LaPlante of the Filmhouse Collective had Poor Things, Oppenheimer, and the number one, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Metalcore Nerds, which sounds like a podcast which was designed exclusively for my tastes. Number three, Poor Things. Number two, Guys of the Galaxy 3. And then number one, 
Oppenheimer. Mondo Street Social Club had John Wick 4. To be fair, John Wick 4 was fucking amazing. Up until Godzilla Minus One, there is a very good chance that my top three list was going to have John Wick 4 in because I fucking adore that series. Mystery Frequency Podcast had Across the Spider-Verse, Tetris, and then Godzilla Minus One at One. Podcast Tonight had Guns of the Galaxy 3, Barbie, and Oppenheimer at One. Uh, Stephen Palmer of the Asian Cinema Film Club had Wham, which is a documentary about Wham, Across the Spider-Verse, and number one, Polite Society. He did not have Oppenheimer because I quote, I don't need Nolan to cosplay a Wikipedia entry. Uh, Steve Smith of the Cheeky Bastards podcast and Dropping a Bruce had God is a Bullet, Cobweb, and Oppenheimer at one. Stew World Order had John Wick 4. Guards of the Galaxy 3. I'm going more and more into, like, drive-time radio chart show voice here. Uh, and at number one, Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the Pop Tower podcast had Godzilla Minus One, Saw 10, and Iron Claw. The Popcorn Bucket podcast had Guards of the Galaxy 3, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which I need to watch soon, given how much I love those films. And number one, Across the Spider-Verse. The song from that movie had Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Across the Spider-Verse. So very close to, like, the themes were right. You know, both did involve nuclear bombs. The Swinging Palm Trees podcast. Number three, Godzilla Minus One. Number two, The Oppenheimer. And number one, Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, and We Needed Roads had Guards of the Galaxy 3, The Creator, and Oppenheimer. Adam, listener of the podcast, had Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves at three, uh, Guards of the Galaxy three at two, and then Oppenheimer at one. Uh, Allison had Dungeons and Dragons at three as well, Across the Spider-Verse at two, and Talk to Me at one. Uh, Darth Trivium, Twitter user and podcast listener, had Guards of the Galaxy three, Dungeons and Dragons two, and John Wick four one. I just I just have his name down as Drummer Joe, because he's my friend Joe, and he plays the drums. Uh, Saw 10, John Wick 4, and Saltburn. Uh, my brother, uh, now a private chef, you can find his Instagram account in the notes to this podcast. Very similar to Graham in that his top three are the three films from 2023 he saw this year. And just as... Just like Graham, at number three, Cocaine Bear, number two, uh, Saw 10, and number one, Barbie. And Tom, brackets, not my brother Tom, close brackets, uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny at three, which I watched recently, and I had a lot of fun with that film. And I know there was a lot of, like, animosity, but it was a lot of fun, and that's exactly what a fucking Indiana Jones movie should be. Uh, number two, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And number one, a Barbie. Uh, Letterboxd also announced what their, like, collective top-rated films were. And according to all ratings from Letterboxd users, it was Oppenheimer at three, Poor Things at two, and Across the Spider-Verse at one. So, with all of that in mind, it means if we collate everything, listeners' top three list is Guards of the Galaxy at three, Oppenheimer at two, and then also Across the Spider-Verse at one. I'm not going to lie, Across the Spider-Verse at one and Oppenheimer at two were tied with 11 votes apiece, but the tiebreaker is what we had at one. Obviously, it's our podcast. 
And now on to TV shows. Graham, who has been here the whole time. TV shows. So, if I remember this correctly... There is some number fuckery. We have to Chris Nolan this a bit. Yeah, because my, my three is your one, your two is my three. No, no your two is so, my one. Yes. Yeah. My three is your one, my... Your one, one, your is, two is two my is one. Your one. Yes, yeah. numbers, all of those numbers. Um, so what we'll do, we'll skip your three, which is my one, and yeah. we'll talk about it at my one. And then... Yes, so we'll if, go to your three. So we'll do my three. Yeah. Then your two. Yeah. Then our two one. Our two one. And then our one three. <laughs> there we go. Which is the three. That's like just a that's like a dentist having a stroke, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Does two, anyone one, actually know what they're on about? Three one. When they do all of that, I hope I'm so. Convinced. I'm convinced they're just making it up. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just to like, I don't know. I don't know. Because is that all you need to be able to do to be a dentist? Count if teeth are there. I wish they didn't use numbers and they just said what they thought. It's like, <laughs> so okay, open your mouth. Okay, the back one, uh, that's fucked. The back one is <laughs> fucked. The one not on the left, back one, bottom left, fucked. Yeah. One in front of that, that's. Also fucked. That one's fucked. In front of that, that one's dirty but okay. Can you put dirty but mm. okay? This one smells. This <laughs> yeah. one smells real bad. I can taste it from here. There seems to be a mint imperial. <laughs> Getting out the drill. Uh, anyway, my three, and to cut a whole bit short, I was very close between doing my actual choice and Rick Astley and Blossom covering Morrissey on Glastonbury. But after a discussion with Graham on air that was full of what could only be described as comedy gold, I decided to go for Loki season two. Mm. Loki season two is, again, to reuse a lot of words we have to do in things that are just very positive lists. It's just very good. I was a huge fan of the Loki TV series is like it is designed just for me. Now involves some of my favourite filmmakers. So Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead led the directing team for season two. And I fucking love everything they've done. The cast are incredible. And it is all very timey-wimey and alternate universe versions of people. And I lap that shit up. All of my favourite comics are like that. So like Marvel did 1602, which was if the Marvel characters were set in uh, the 1600s. And like... Spider-Man Noir and things like that, right? Like, I like the comic stories that are comics, but what if it was this? And Loki's got that vibe. I liked the... um When, when you said all my favourite comics are like that, I just had visions of, like, James A. Caster as a bard. <laughs> oh, to be fair, that's what... Uh, <laughs> thinking of that's the only thing that gets me off now. <laughs> to, to be fair, James A. Caster's like four specials on Netflix kind of work in this way because they all interlink and hark back oh, to each other. Yeah, um, we've talked about it before. Like It is possibly the best comedy special ever. It's a four-hour comedy special. Yeah. And yeah, it's... it. Um, as with a lot of games, like very good games and very good films, it ruins other versions of it for me. Oh, oh without a doubt. Like, you and can't. Yeah. So well executed. Oh, it's it's genius, and I can't remember if we've. I sent it to you. The 
him on Mark Maron. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the, the Richard Herring one. Oh um, no, yes, that, that was, no, that was the Mark very Maron funny. ones. Very yeah, good. where they go proper like inside baseball with it and yeah. talk through. Yeah, it's fascinating for people who are interested in it. But especially uh, when Mark Maron's like, I don't know who the fuck you were, and oh, I yeah. watched your stuff, and you're insane. And how do you do this? This kid could be a genius. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Loki season two. Uh, James A. Caster not in it. Uh, Ki Huey Kwan is, and he's obviously fucking great. But it's just it's six episodes, which is also very nice. Yeah. It has an end to it, so Loki as a series has a beginning, middle, end. Similar to Across the Spider Verse, it doesn't go in the direction you think it would especially as a superhero property you think it's going to be a very it might get a bit messy how they get to it but you know where it's going to end Mm. and it doesn't and it's just a lot of fun and i don't want to talk about it anymore because i don't want to ruin it for anyone so what you're saying is it's low-key a very good series hey you used that one before no one can prove it (laughs) well they can because that also wasn't the first time you've used that joke (laughs) i am fairly sure loki season one was one of my choices oh yeah it would have been but we wouldn't have talked about it in depth because that was the covid year where we recorded the intro for top three of 2021 and then instead did movie houses with self-isolating. This has been a bit of a cursed, like, recurring episode, it has. hasn't it? It has. At least we didn't get fucking COVID this time. Oh, don't, say it. don't jinx it. No, but you're still super immune because you had it recently. This is true. And let, let's be let's be real. I was quite ill over uh, <laughs> the end of December. <laughs> There's a strong chance I had it. Very true. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I stand by my Loki joke. Fuck you. It's a good one. And that was my three. So your two, which is just your two. So I was thinking about this. You you mentioned an honourable mention earlier. I had another honourable mention that I was umming and ahhing about, which was season three of Slow Horses, which is very, very good. I think I picked Slow Horses last year. Because yes. they released two seasons um, in 2022. So we got season through that. That was phenomenal as per um, Gary Oldman is genuinely the the best. That is his actual role of a lifetime. Sorry, tiptoes. I've gone with something slightly different and it's because A, we're not going to get another series of it and B, it is a unique sitcom that deserves talking about. And I think a lot of people like it. But I don't know. We and we don't. We we don't. We haven't spoken about it a huge amount. Anyway, it's Derry Girls season three of Derry Girls, which I thought was very, very good and very, very funny in general, like the other series of of Derry Girls have been, but particularly very well wrapped up. A very good finale deals with everything that you know, but and the fact that, that Derry Girls manages to be hilarious, heartfelt, kind of you know emotional at times but against the backdrop of a really kind of serious awful thing happening in the in the troubles in ireland and the way that it manages to kind of wrap all of that up with the backdrop of like the good friday agreement and everything yeah just a a real feat of tv and um as i say as i mentioned no one knows stop saying that Graham. <laughs> i think there's it's one of the better kind of sitcoms of recent years like we've had 
this country was very good people just do nothing was very good um you and i are the only people that have watched frank of ireland which was fantastic but there's i don't know it feels like it's it's one of those ones that's like it's it's top tier and we don't have too much around it at the moment to challenge it i tried watching um everyone else burns which in theory should be like right in my wheelhouse it's taken a piss out of religion it's taken a piss out of crazy cults simon bird's in it who is very funny but doesn't quite hit the mark um friday night dinner is another one that i really really enjoyed that's a bit of a comfort watch for me i watched a lot of that towards the end of uh covid and lockdowns and stuff the one part of our media consumption life that doesn't overlap a lot seems to be tv and sitcoms specifically sitcoms i've never really watched friday night dinner it's very good yeah it is very very good i like it a lot um but yeah no you're right it's kind of one of those uh one of those areas i think um actually i don't know why just pull your finger out in that's fair but i think because the ones i've recommended like when i I'm fairly sure I introduced you to People Just Do Nothing. Uh, yes, you did. You also introduced me to The Choice We Haven't Done Yet. Yeah. Which I phrased like that was the name of the TV show, which I'm assuming is why you look slightly confused. <laughs> and Frank of Island, I think. Yeah. Or I, we I both was... listened to the same podcast episode that recommended it. I think possibly, I think I maybe beat you to the punch in watching it and told you you had to watch it because it was brilliant. But Oh God, it's very good, isn't it? Yeah, I actually think I might rewatch that because it it must have only been six or four or six episodes, well, something like that. Also, completely my wheelhouse that the end of the final episode is the beginning of the first. Yes, um, I can't exactly remember how, but it is it is a fun. I I strongly recommend everyone watches it and plays the great game of is that a Gleason? <laughs> yeah, because more often than not, it, it is. is. But yeah. Derry Girls is just it is it is phenomenally good. And uh Liam Neeson rocks up in the final episode. So yeah. There There's a reason to watch it. It's the the other thing that's quite funny is just the uh like thirty somethings playing uh school kids, but also carrying yes. it off. Uh, oh uh, yeah, a lot better than um I think this is a sub people's list. Uh Barry Keown playing a university student in Saltburn. Yeah. And what did you you work. text me about one in a NFL thing that you watched the other day? Who was in his fourth? Oh fucking year olds. So it's called American Underdog on Netflix, and it is so generic a sports movie biopic. It's nearly like very few changes, and it would become a parody, like right. that kind of like completely by the numbers uh, the whole way through. And Kurt Warner, which to be fair, really interesting story of Kurt Warner, of how he went from college through um, arena football. He actually got like farmed out to Amsterdam, like the Amsterdam NFL team at one point, Okay, which they didn't cover in the film. But how he stuck with it and was real American, blah, 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 and then ended up playing for uh, in the NFL. Spoilers for something that actually happened fucking ages ago. He took out the sky, people. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what his fucking name is. Um, so, Kurt Warner in the film, at the beginning of the film, is 21. Right. And he's played by the guy who plays Shazam and was in Chuck. Yes. That guy. 
The one who was against the writer's strike. It was it? Well, yeah, which just completely like tanked um, all of the goodwill a lot of people had for him. Fuck, what's his name? I don't know, I'm trying to find it. This is a movie podcast, Graham. We should note oh, this no. shit. He was, I could give you a load of, he was in Thor 2, taking over from the guy who was in Once Upon a Time. All I can think of as a name is Shane Valco. No, not the app Shazam, you twat. Zachary Levi. Zach- yes, Zachary Levi, who, while filming this film, was like 40? I mean, he's 42 now, I think. So he's 43 now. <laughs> but like, like, even like, but he is, he's, don't get me wrong, very nice looking man. But he does not look like a 22 year old college fucking athlete. No, and um, and his his uh, partner, who actually, you know what? Let me let me double Kurt Warner age. So Kurt Warner is ten years older than Zachary Levy. <laughs> A character in their mid twenties, played by the very talented, clearly not mid twenties, Anna Paquin. No, not been mid twenties for probably. Uh, not not as long as uh. Zach, uh, Zachary Levy, I think. I think Late she's thirties. She's uh forty one. Okay. But like, it was jarring. Like, it just reminds me of um. Do you remember Walk Hard? Yeah. Uh, when John C. Riley's playing a seventeen-year-old, and keeps yeah, yeah. keeps dropping his age into conversations. It just made me think of that. But it's full. Um, it's full Steve Buscemi on SNL. Isn't oh, a hundred percent. It's. <laughs> Like, I would strongly, strongly recommend reading the Wikipedia article for Kurt Warner. <laughs> like, that's, that is the, the review of that film for you. So, from Derry Girls. From Derry Girls. From Derry to... Uh, from Derry to uh, the 2-1. The 2-1. So, this, which is my 2. Yep. And your 1. My 1. And that is... Season four. Also, actually, a show I watched on your recommendation. Nice. Season four of Succession, mm. which was very fucking good, weren't it? What a show. What a fucking show. I miss Succession to the point where I... I so I had a thing in um, one of our fantasy leagues. I think I let you in on this. One of our fantasy leagues. Is this something um, we can share now? Yeah. Why? Oh, I was. I thought it was. I thought it was a, a secret game. Oh no! I think it, the season's over, and he lost because he accidentally used a non. Oh, I gift. I clocked that, and yeah. I was I was close to ratting him out to you, but I thought, you know what? No, <laughs> no, I, I texted him straight away. Yeah, so we we uh, we played a game in um, our fantasy chat that if you sent any kind of reaction gift, it could only be a succession reaction gift, which gif which uh was quite fun because there are so many fantastic ones as well oh, yeah <laughs> but yeah uh, no, i do i do miss it a lot it's it's one of those ones i think i probably will do a full rewatch of at some point oh i i 100 will uh well and um uh golden globe winning again mm. so kieran culkin got best actor and his acceptance speech involved the phrase suck it pedro because Pedro Pascal was also up for the same award. <laughs> uh, Kieran Culkin is like, I don't know, he, he's one of the more unlikely, uh, like, he, I, I never thought that going into watching a film, a, a series like Succession, that he would be the uh, 
the kind of standout thing from it but he he is very 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 funny as well oh yeah like and especially not just that but given the other people so kieran culkin beat out brian cox for that award oh really because as with last year because season three was also fucking phenomenal like the actor award was just people from like every person in a lead like a main role in succession was nominated uh last year so didn't it was it last year or the year before i don't think it was the golden globes was was it the emmys that every the best episode award i think every episode was an episode of succession i think so so let me have a quick look at yeah so kieran culkin won so there are one two three four five there are six people nominated for best actor three of them were from succession so Kieran Culkin won over Brian Cox and then Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall. Yeah. Sarah Snook won for Best Actress. Uh, We've in... had this conversation before, but it's so jarring hearing her talk Australian. Oh, it's I can't wrap my head around it at all. <laughs> then you've also got uh, Matthew McFadden, who plays Tom Wamsgan. Yeah. Uh, which is not how you pronounce the surname at all, so I'll just call him Tom. Wamsgun. Wom- Wamsguns. <laughs> Yeah, Wan's Gambler is my new, new favourite way of saying yeah. it. One uh, supporting. Yeah, Alan Ruck and Alexander Skarsgård were also up for that. So again, fifty percent of the nominations. It's mad, isn't it? But it's just fucking stacked. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you can't can't really beat it. The writing is fucking insane. Alexander Skarsgård as well. You know, he might not be Daddy Skarsgård, but he's getting there. Yeah. But he's also like he is phenomenally good at it, mm. and it's it's a really interesting one as well. It's kind of classic HBO bringing like a character that was kind of on the periphery, being really central to the essentially the outcome of of the show. Yeah, the as you say, the writing. I mean, the fact that it was written by the Peep Show people is is still blows my mind to this day. Or the peep show person. Half half of the peep show people. Half of the peep show people. So either peep or show. I'm not sure which one. I think peep. Peeps are great. Do you like peeps? The little marshmallow birds covered in sugar. Um, never actually had them. Yeah, missing out. One other uh Golden Globe Succession one. Uh best television show drama. <laughs> so well, fair. that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it it, it it's fantastic the fact that it was its final season and it wrapped up so well um yeah it's uh and i think like the you know the side swipe half not even halfway through the uh the final season as well where you're not expecting what happens at at connor's wedding and well so the episode is just connor's wedding right yeah and i i remember so my dad started watching succession and within a month i think i'd watched it all um, and I, I gave him like ample warning of just just to let you know this episode is one of the best episodes of tv ever made yeah like from again like with with the show in general from a writing and acting uh thing it's basically perfect like i can't think of anything that would have made the episode better no i don't think so and it earned it as well which is yeah yeah fuck succession's good so good <laughs> Number one, three. Number one, three. Uh, so I still got the Golden Globe page open. Uh, 
one of the headings is criticism of hosting. <laughs> but our my number one and Graham's number three uh, also won a number of Golden Globes. Uh, so it got uh, Best Actress and it got uh, Best Actress Musical or Comedy and uh, Best Television... Uh, why can't I say television after the word best? Best television series. Sheerish. Sheerish. Don't, Don't do the fucking Sean Connery joke again. <laughs> well, you did is... that last time! <laughs> I did, in, yeah. the, in the non-episode, you made the Sean Connery joke again because yeah. I could have pronounced something. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really say it now because it's it's you know five to eleven. It's we're nowhere near to. Oh, that's exactly what you did last time. Uh, so it won the Golden Globe for best television series, musical yeah. or comedy. That is the Bear. The Bear. The Bear, which also features one of the best episodes of TV and tensest episodes of TV yeah. ever made in fishy because we talked. Did it again. We talked about this last time. Of, <laughs> there is an episode called Fishes, which is yeah. the the cameo episode people might yeah. have heard about, which is one of the best episodes of TV ever made. Like, just in the sheer guttural reaction a lot of people had to it. Like, the tension building constantly going up. The fact it is then longer than the other episodes also makes it even more tense because then it feels unsettling that you have no idea how long this is going to yeah, go on for. What's, what's going on? And predominantly features a fork. Mm. There is then also an episode of The Bear, which is one of my favourite episodes, called Forks. <laughs> Very confusing. Yeah. But... I've been... I've been um... Working my way through the last later season of Only Murders in the Building, which, you know, uh, shout out, very good series. Do, doesn't crack, crack the top three, but a very good series that came out last year. What well, season three of it came out last year? Um, also, uh, that is that is a hell of a one for some cameos this year or last year. Yes, yeah, a couple very noticeable, but then another one that rocks up about halfway through that was I was like, oh shit, it's them, it's them. Um, Playing themselves as well, which is always good fun. Yeah. No, I do need to get onto that. Um, I just clocked as well. Uh, so, best performance in a television series drama. Mm. Both actor and actress were Succession. Yeah. Uh, musical and comedy, both actor and actress were The Bear. Nice. Which, yeah, because... We're not going left field with any of our choices with this. It's just very, very fucking good TV. Yeah. But I like that... My, I think my favourite thing with... So, I loved season one. It was good to have prestige TV that was only half an hour long. Um, and it it was just brilliant. Again, it was great. It always made me hungry because the way they shoot food is fucking good. Season one also has that one take episode. Yeah. Which fucking tears your heart out with pure anxiety. There's one towards the end. No, not a full one take, but like a long one take in the The finale, opening. Yeah, the opening episode. Or yeah. the, the the finale, which is the opening of the restaurant yeah, episode. Yeah. But what I really like about season two is it's taken all of the characters you grew to, like, you were introduced to in season one, and it gave every single one of them their own, basically, episode entirely about them and what they were doing while yeah. the renovations and building of this restaurant was going on basically in the background. Yeah, I think it, it was a very good character. Like, I think Richie 
is my favorite arc in the whole thing, and he kind of finally gets finds his purpose and everything. Cousin, and cousin, yeah. yeah. I only know him as cousin. Yeah, Marcus going off to make pastry on a boat in with Will Poulter. With Will Poulter, who I think is the most like like because I think pretty much all of the characters are deeply flawed, whereas Marcus I think is just a really nice guy making yeah. pastries. Well, his. His kind of character and development is more of a... It's like a fish out of water in terms of his background and where he is now, right? That's it's, kind of yeah, where the, the tension comes from. kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Kami just doesn't want to be happy. I forget her name, but she's just really annoying. I can't stand the character. Sydney. Yeah, really can't stand She just her. wants to be successful and uh, prove people wrong, which I, I think is fair. Yeah, but she's just very annoying the way she does it. <laughs> but she has her episode as well, which is really good, of going to all of the other restaurants in Chicago. Yeah, and then, yeah like the like Olivia Coleman rocks up at one point, completely out of she, the fucking blue. She never went to um, Chicago Town Pizza, which, you know, if you're going anywhere in Chicago, you're going to go to the place where they make those little silver trays that you put in the microwave yeah well there was a whole episode about chicago <laughs> can you imagine that if they open this fancy restaurant in the bear and all they serve is chicago town pizzas <laughs> i the last time i had a chicago town pizza was because we mentioned them in an episode and i literally couldn't stop thinking about them for fucking ages dude i love the way like the whole topping oh completely slide off. you had to hold them perfectly <laughs> level yeah. And then there was a very good chance the middle bit was still cold. Either still cold or as hot as the sun. There's no in between. Oh, no, it's like a McDonald's <laughs> apple pie. Yeah. It's hotter than the fucking sun. But I, yeah, I, I love the bear. It once again made me start Googling uh, restaurants and food trucks and got me back into cooking more, which is something I really like, but something I fall out of the habit of far too regularly. Yeah. And we we should mention, because um, guys out there, we also feel your pain. Um, the Jeremy Allen White, Calvin Klein ad also made us feel absolutely worthless and had zero self-esteem. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure there's a support group that you can reach out to. Um, and if not, reach out to us. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Because yeah. we also don't have washboard apps. No. I might somewhere. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I've been going to the gym a lot recently, but I have also been eating whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> which isn't how apparently that works, which is a shame. You've got half the equation. Yeah, I've got half the equation, but I, I can only ever seem to get half of it at the same time. <laughs> but, oh well. Oh well. So those were our top three TV shows. They were. It is time once again for me to definitely run through everybody else's top three tv shows right now but i'll be really quiet yeah like i'd prefer if you're just just quietly in the background graham rather okay. than interrupting throughout two cents critic had the last of us at three loki at two and succession at one uh the church of tantino had special ops lioness which to use a joke which i said when we recorded it but then lost the episode i'm assuming that is about the england women's football team uh loki at two and fargo at one my dad had gen v uh the continental and last of us daryl from cage rage and getting defoe you had gen v 
Uh, I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, which I only started watching this year, and it is fucking good. And The Bear. I mean, I'd obviously seen parts of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, but it was predominantly reaction memes and the odd sketch that found its way to Instagram via TikTok. Elwood Jones of the Asian Cinema Film Club had the idle brackets, just a jaw-dropping car crash, close brackets, painkiller, and the bear. Uh, Fundamentals had bodies, uh, which was recommended to me by a lot of people, but I haven't got around to it yet. Futurama Season 11 and Loki. Metalcore Nerds had Loki, the bear, and Succession, which is pretty much... Uh, my top three list, just with a little bit of rejigging. Uh, Mondo Street Social Club had Silo, which again I really want to get round to. The Last of Us and Succession. Mystery Frequency Podcast had Reacher, Wednesday, and Only Murders in the Building. Our friends over at the Padhock had uh, the Monaco GP at three, the Las Vegas Grand Prix at two, and the Race Red Bull didn't win at number one. The Pop Tower Podcast at three. In my notes, I just had Monster Season, and I don't know what that is, and I don't know if that was the Monarch Legacy of the Monsters series or or what, but that was a three that I've written down. Uh, number two, The Last of Us, and number one, Snowfall. Uh, the Popcorn Bucket podcast had Man Like Mobeen, which is how I found out there was a new series of that. Uh, Loki and the Bear at one. Uh, the song from that movie had The Last of Us, Happy Valley, and Succession. Uh, the Swinging Palm Trees podcast, Slow Horses, The Last of Us, and Twisted Metal at one. Uh, we Needed Roads had Star Trek Strange New Worlds at three, which I seriously need to get around to because I've seen clips of the new series and it looks entirely my vibe and by that i mean there is a flat out musical episode and there is also a crossover with the star trek animated series and it just looks so much fun uh then the last of us are the number one the bear allison had uh schmigadoon with an exclamation mark so schmigadoon uh the last of us and the bear at one darth trivium had the last of us Doom Patrol, which I still haven't seen the last series of that, but that is one of my favourite, not just superhero TV shows, it is, the sense of humour is entirely my thing. And by that I mean, it's really weird. Uh, and number one, The Witcher. Joe had The Last of Us, Yellowstone and Wednesday. Uh, Dynasty Champion Sham had Beef, The Bear and Succession. And Tom had Sex Education Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and number one, The English, which again, I haven't actually got around to, but I really want to, because Emily Blunt is amazing. And that means, from our combined listener top three, is Succession at three, The Bear at two, and then The Last of Us at number one. So those were everybody else's TV shows. I did good, I think. You did. It was great. I don't think it, it was. It was as if I had recorded that while editing this later, because the turnaround of this episode is going to be, and I quote, what I can do. Yeah, this is going to be our first ever, like, might drop whatever day of the week episode. Yeah, like this, as soon as I'm done with this, it's, it's coming out. It's going to be like 6 p.m., on a Friday. Oh, yeah. Like, who the fuck knows? If it comes out in the middle of the night, 
somebody needs to have a word with me. <laughs> Let's put it that way, shall we? All, to be fair, all of our episodes come out in the middle of the night, but those are scheduled. Yeah. This one is not being scheduled. This is just going to... Like Godzilla minus one's future nemesis, I assume, Gorilla out of nowhere. So, those those that was the year. We have, obviously stuff planned for you for 2024 i think it's going to be a good one we're going to try and get some more guests on including our boy harley oh boy (laughs) god i hope he finds that as funny as we do Um, i hope so because it's really we're really not taking this harley oh god no no but there is a world where he listens to that and goes that's patronizing as fuck it's like no no these guys are such or he wouldn't say pricks because he has a very pg podcast those guys are scoundrels i i got um uh i if someone says it's a family podcast like i don't realize how much i swear so on our always sunny episode i was beeped out oh really yep (laughs) which i don't even i remember not actively not swearing at one point which i sent you the recording of so I'll try and drop it here because I found it so fucking funny. You told us something and neither me or Harley knew it. Yes. And it is just both of us going, oh, and I found that great. So I'll drop that here. Well, you could go down the, the, the Gleason route for the Irish one, right? Because they're the two <gasps> acting dynasties, aren't they? Oh, I, yes. I very nearly broke the clean podcast thing when you said that. <laughs> But I obviously, obviously, also don't realize how much I swear or how much you swear because I never clocked that you swore because I assumed you were also being family friendly. I did not realize I swore, and I, I'll just apologize now. At some point, I'm swearing in front of your child. I already do with the mindset that he doesn't remember anything yet because he is a small child. You have extensively talked about Chris Benoit's family homicide suicide to him yes in depth and then the rules which then he he threw up at so um fine with chris benoit yeah one mention of the royals i've got to say it he's got very good comic timing for a nine month old a lot of time for him uh but yeah so uh hopefully getting more guests on um there are some good episodes in the scratch pad uh, the potential, hopefully getting my dad on again, I believe, to possibly talk miniguns. <laughs> but if you want access to the scratch pad, uh, it's on our Patreon. So let's just wrap this up, Graham, because technically, how long have we been recording for now? So we've been recording for coming up to two hours. So we have technically recorded this for five hours. Which uh, is content, great. content, content. If you agreed with our choices, if you disagreed with our choices, if you have a top three list of your favourite movies and TV shows, but you didn't actually send it to us before the cutoff for this, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for. You can also find us on Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where you become a friend of the podcast and get access to a spreadsheet that has got all of our previous top threes on, potential ideas for future episodes, a seagull calculator so you can figure out just how many seagull you can kill in a given time, which is a reference to a previous episode, and mugs and t-shirts. And I think... Just to re-pledge this, because we did, I mentioned this on the last episode, this year I want stickers. Yes, and we will um, plug for Ohio Mark stickers on Etsy, who I've bought many a sticker off of. I'm plugging you, even though you might not help us, but we'll, we'll probably reach out to you and find out how you do your stickering. Stickers. Because they're great. Twitter. 
No, we asked for a pod with the number four, same place on Facebook. Uh, we have a website, the thepodcastnobodyasked.co.uk. So um, there's all the st- all the links there that you may need and other stuff that you may not. But, you know, check it out. And wherever you listen to this podcast, please leave us a review. And in your review, write any future episode ideas you may have. And we'll make sure we do our best ones. Our best ones? Our favourite ones. Which will our then be ones. the best ones. Our top downloaded episode of 2023 was a Patreon uh, recommendation. So the tier that they signed up to meant that they got to pick a topic and we had to do it and it was our top downloaded episode of the year. So you too could boom. be that famous. That um, good. Whenever you say, where have you listened to leave a review, I always imagine in my head that someone's standing at the bus stop listening and just scrolling on... Every, the... every toilet cubicle I go into... Yeah. I check for podcast reviews. Yeah. Every single one. Uh, have we had some good ones there? Some good uh, ideas? No, but I did just have a flashback of us in Brewdog sending each other photos of the graffiti in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. That's our life, Graham. That's the life we lead. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. So. for this.